welcome to episode five of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, where together we'll be sharing the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy and a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey with you and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways that we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast. The link to that will be in the show notes. There you'll be able to see if I'm following the training plan like I'm supposed to. And finally, before we get into the meat of the episode, you can find all of the episodes on the fundraising page of my charity partner, The Second Wind Fund, at coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. The mission of The Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. They match children and youth at risk for suicide with licensed therapists in their communities and pay for up to 12 sessions of therapy when there's a barrier to treatment. If you appreciate the show and what Coach Morgan and I are doing, Show a bit of love by throwing some change in the tip jar by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. This week, we're reviewing week two of the training, and Coach Morgan added a couple of miles to two of the five workouts this week, as well as a day of lower body strength training, running plyometrics. We did four miles on Monday and Friday and three miles on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. For plyometrics, we did some toe taps, lunges, and squats. He shared some videos on each of the exercises, and this is his guidance on plyometrics. Plyometric training increases muscle strength, which allows you to run faster, jump higher, and change direction quickly. I'll link to each of the videos in the show notes, as well as give you a rundown of the training plan for the week. So check out this week's coaching call, Reviewing the Week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. All right, so here we are, done with week two. Week two. Yeah. How you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. We started plyometrics this week, so that was a little bit of an experience. There was some soreness in me doing some movements that I'm not familiar with doing, but that's the good type of soreness, I think. Yeah, yeah. I added something to it. People sometimes overlook that when you're on a consistent regimen of something and you just add one small thing that the body will tell you like, oh, what is that? Like, we don't normally do that stuff. So tell me about it. Tell me how the session went, good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. On Wednesday, you added some run plyometrics. And and again, thinking about always hearing about the need to do strength training while you're doing marathon stuff, you hear that. But then like when I think of strength training, I think about going to the gym and hitting the weights and stuff like that. But this is runner's strength training. So yeah, the three videos that you sent walked me through the things. And of course, I had to do it a little slow and deliberate to make sure I didn't fall over while I was doing my lunges and stuff like that. But it was good. I think it was maybe, it was definitely less than eight to 10 minutes before the run. And, you know, I felt it obviously in my muscles, but then stretched it out on the run and felt pretty good. That's good. That's good. And sometimes it comes down to what we're looking for right now. We're trying to build consistency. So there will be days I'm like, I need you to do the run first and then the strip training or vice versa. It it depends. Everything has a purpose and reason. When we're just trying to build a foundation, right? We can see how the body reacts. Because sometimes I know people that do cross training, right? It depends on like low bearing workouts. When do you do them and how will it affect the rest of the day or the next workout? It doesn't matter what type of athlete you are. But if sometimes say, what is the focus of that day? That's the key. And so 
is you have a training schedule. Usually, I want to make sure I say that very clearly for people that are listening, is that what the focus for that day is usually the first workout, right? Not unless there's some other built-in warm-up routine prior to that, right? And so when you have now, it's just that we just doing that consistency and really getting the repetitions in, but there will be a time we'll say, okay, I'd have you do strength training. Maybe plyometrics could be something else. And I have you do that first. Maybe I'm looking to fatigue the legs a little bit and then seeing how your body responds to the training load during the run. Because guess what? What is running? Running is something that puts a lot of fatigue on the body. A lot of energy is expended through that movement. And so sometimes... As you know, I'm watching your knee and your ankles. If running day to day, it becomes too taxing on your joints and your ligaments or any pre-existing injury. What you want to do is you got to find something else. Like don't keep doing the same thing that ain't working. Right. And so I'm watching your body and how you respond. And luckily, as I, as we went through the week, you're like, I feel good. Like I feel better. And that's the key because at the end of the day, what we could still do, there's rowing, right? At the row machine, there's elliptical, there's swimming, there's biking, those low impact exercises that still may be cardio. Do they replace running? No, they can't replace running because you need a little bit of that. But at the same time, each individual athlete it's a mental and a physical thing. Certain people, like for my body, I can go run a very long period of time and do minimal amount of running because I've been running so much over my lifetime that my body can take it. Well, there's others out there that have to build up to that resilience. And you will hear people call it building your base. When your body has uh, a history of running or physical activity, it merely needs to be what I would call reminded. And when it remembers, then you're like, ah, oh, there it goes. Like you had those run. You had, when you got back into running, you got out there that first day, you're like, oh, this is going to be a long journey. Right. But then it clicks and your body's like, okay, I remember this. And so the key is to kind of wake those muscles up, wake those tendons up in different ways and just finding that. But the plyometrics is very important because we want to just change up the movements as you start doing kind of going forward the whole time. That's all you're doing is run. Not Nobody's running backwards. Most people ain't running side to side. You, so you only work a certain set of muscles. I like to keep everything lame term. You only work a certain set of muscles to be well-rounded because guess what? When you're doing the toe taps or the lunges or the squats or what other one I got you here, more lunges and side lunges, right? Mm -hmm. And so we work in the hips and things of that nature because everything has to be strong because as you become even in training, but mostly on race day, as your body becomes more fatigued, right? You start to recruit other muscles that you probably normally don't use. And they're like, man, why is this? I crept a place I never crept before. I'm sore in a place I've never been sore before. You hear people say those things because they're working these muscles. I always say the body is a computer, right? And the brain is, okay, this is what the CPU, this is what it's telling us what to do, what's going on. Say you have two muscle groups there. One is the more dominant, say the legs, right? You got these big hamstrings or these big glutes that are big muscles. And so they're going to take the blunt of it. But there's muscles on the side of those, under them, right? And sometimes they don't get reached. Well, when you put plyometrics and other type of exercise cross-training in a workout, what it does is it helps you hit those areas. So you get real specific and like, okay, I want to hit this muscle group. I want to hit this muscle group because when the big muscles get fatigued, they're going to recruit the other muscles. And that's where you see people start having cramping or pull something because they go in a direction that they haven't been going. Or if you're running slow all the time and you haven't done any speed work and suddenly you go fast and you wonder why you pull something, 
because you probably pulled a muscle that hasn't been trained or pulled a muscle that's been overworked, either way it goes. And so implementing plyometrics is a good way to mix it up a little bit, but also prepare for the worst. Yeah, I appreciate that. I remember, again, back from before, at one point I was training for a half marathon that I was going to run in Annapolis. And I was probably a month, maybe five weeks ahead of that race. And me in the unit for sports day, we played flag football. It's just flag football. It's a pickup right. game. The next day I was sore and I'm like, I'm running at that point, 25 miles a week preparing for this half marathon and like an hour and a half of playing flag football, it cramped me up, but it was because it was a lot of that stop, start side to side. It's mm -hmm. a different type of sport. And I realized that. And again, when I saw this in starting to incorporate plyometrics for a lot of people that I understand as we do marathon training, they just run, they just that's run. It. And like you just, you run straight and you turn left or you turn right. And that's where I saw and felt the plyometrics with different muscles that I hadn't been using. Yeah. And like you just said, turning left and right, like most people, and this is a thing, are unsteady with those movements. Like turning at a high rate of speed, you're almost in a lean most of the time. Because to keep that angle, to keep that speed, you don't just go forward, right. It ain't like walking where you just, you upright and you cruise up. But when you're running and you're running fast for, and fast I'm being relative to the individual, right? And you try to hold that speed. Think about it next time when you walk around a corner and now run around it. It takes a little bit more stability. And if you haven't been training the muscles to that, well, it becomes unstable. And that's how people fall in corners and trip and things of that nature. When you have those things, when you're doing those things outside, you know, your norm, then it's more likely for something to go awry. Yeah. And some of this is adding all this together. I know that first run this week, I went, I found a trail and that trail was a little mm -hmm. bit up and around the corners and it was a bit zigzag and it was up and down hills. And so I was concentrating on running the trail, staying on the path. And then after the run, I was like, I was a little fat. I was a lot faster, I think, than what we were going for our goal. 9.30. Yeah. It was putting these pieces together that I, it's like, I'm concentrating on this piece, but then I took my mind off my speed. Yeah. People always, you'll hear me probably this whole podcast series, hear me to tell you, like, if you're going out there running and you say you bored, it means you don't have a purpose. That's just, that's what it comes down to. I don't care what training you're doing in life. When something becomes mundane or complacent, that means you don't have a purpose anymore. Like it becomes normal. And so if you're running, and you're like, man, I'm bored on the treadmill. I'm bored on this. What are you there for? And, oh, I hate the treadmill. I hate this. Yet yeah, You hate it because you only focus it on being on it, not what you need to be doing on it. Like, that's the key. And you have a lot of athletes that are wearing headphones and all these other things, and they wonder why they never can get better or they don't understand. But, like, when you look at athletes, and I always reference Olympians or elite-level athletes, what they are doing out there is very specific. Like, specificity is everything when you're training. And the only way to hear your body and to listen to your body is not to have distractions, right? And so just like this, when you out there and you're running with your friend, or you're focusing on the conversation with your friend or running with them or slowing down or speeding up. It's always, it might not be a negative concentration, but it, like you're not focused on you. Treadmill is the same thing. You were about just being in the treadmill because you ain't outside. Guess what? You ain't focusing on what you need to be doing there. And then the, the other part is that people are probably say, oh, I'm going to wear my music. Well, you wear your music all you want. But if you're listening to music, you ain't listening to your body. You can't do both. People don't understand. We can't multitask. That's a computer function, right? We can't do this. We have to do one thing or the other. We can go back and forth quickly, 
but we can't do both at the same time. So something will be lacking during that time frame. So when you're out there, that focus is so important. And I'll bring this up is there's so much I can give you in this one part. I can give you, if we stayed on here for hours, we could just talk about like the training cycle itself and break it all down, but we can't brain dump on athletes. Right. And so each time, each week, each talk, like we got to either bring something to the table or walk away with something different because to brain dump everything I know onto you is not going to benefit you. You're not going to know a lot of things and that's the way it's supposed to be. But when you work out, you should have direction. And so, yes, at the beginning, when you first got off the couch and it's not for you, but anyone listening, yes, three miles every day, just getting out there was your focus. That was literally your focus. But over time, that focus is going to be met. That need will be met. And then you have to pick another goal. Like for you doing like, I know I can run, but what's that next level? And even with athletes that have been with me five, six, seven years, they're like, man, you switch it up on me because I have to, I have to keep learning one so I can keep making things better. And then understanding like everything that I could give you at one given time. There's so much more to it, like the, especially even the data side of things, right? And yes, to digress to your pace on Monday at 9.30, I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is not slower. We literally thought this last week. And then you, I think, what did you say? You say, I tried and it just didn't work. And I think in, along with that focus, I think one of the beneficial things is there's also limits because you're talking about, we need to focus on this particular pace, but also with the plyometrics, you said this contained amount, or we're only doing it on this one day. Like if I'm thinking of, if I was doing this on my own, I would say, okay, I need to incorporate strength training. Well, I may have done strength training three days a week because I don't know that that's too much or too little. So I appreciate not just the need for focus, but also based on your experience, the limits that you're setting around, you're going too fast, or I see coming up next week, you say, we need to look at a particular heart rate range without having a coach to be able to say, this is where we're at with these limits, we may try to do too much too soon. You know, May, I had a, no. <laughs> I'll tell you this story about this guy. I was coaching this, this team for an organization. And so it was like, a, it was like when I first started coaching. And, but I remember because they had a training plan and basically a cookie cutter. I don't do cookie cutter anymore. There's, I'm so far away from that now, but you can do cookie cutter plans and they're not made for everybody. They ain't made for you physically. They ain't made for you mentally, and they ain't made for your daily schedule at home. And so he missed every day of the week, but he was free on Saturday and Sunday. What do you think he did? All of them, all the miles. He did all time. of his trading in two days. <laughs> and he couldn't work out for a week after that. Because it was just, it was like he went out to race and he wasn't prepared to race. I've taken on a few, at least I think four new athletes, including you in the last three months. And a lot of, of them are like, I'm ready. I feel good. I feel good. There's one, he's like, yeah, I'm good at the pace. <laughs> and there's another one I got to hold back. And like you said, they're ready to go because they're used to doing more. And we have this notion in our mind, because this is how our generation was raised, is that more is better, harder is right. And it ain't about methodical or slowing down or training with a purpose. It's like, go faster, go further, do it when you don't want to. That was the old way, right? But now it's like, I'm watching. So... If you run every day of the week and it's boom, positive comment, great pace, boom, positive comment, great pace, boom, positive comment, great pace. And then negative comment or heart rate goes up. Now I'm like, okay, what's going on? So what I can do is, and guess what? Nine times out of 10, 
if you didn't have a coach, you would probably have a workout that next day. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you will tell me, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm like, okay. So tell me more about it. I'll ask some more questions. I said, oh yeah, I think you're tired. And so we had a six mile run tomorrow. Let's go ahead and let's either do some cross training, either take a day off or lower the mileage. If you didn't have me, two of the things would happen. You would go do it anyway, right? Because it's, a, it's, a, it's in the mental and emotional thing. You go do it anyway. And then you push your body past the level. Where all you gotta do is just back off a little. Consistency just means doing something. You ain't gotta do exactly that thing. So I'll say, hey, I'm watching the fatigue. I'm watching your comments and I'm gonna be your conscious. We're not gonna do anything tomorrow, right? And so that will help. But then there's that other side where you have the workout tomorrow, you wake up so tired that you can't do it. And people overlook this part, what I'm about to tell you. They overlook the part is like when that training plan says six miles the next day and you're fatigued and you don't do it, the negative energy Mm -hmm. and emotions you take from not being able to complete it. It's because I made the conscious choice not Mm -hmm. to do something I committed myself to do. I'm a person of my word. I'm dedicated. Like this is about psychological endurance as well as physical endurance. But there's a difference if coach says it is, I feel the way I feel. He sees (laughs) that I feel the way I feel. And it's not so much that it's taking the onus off of me and putting it on you, but I trust you more than I maybe even trust myself to know what I'm doing and where my body's at. And that's exactly what it is. Right. And that's a big piece, man. And like coaches are conscious and like it's raining here in North Carolina. And I texted my coach like, Hey, it's 40 degrees outside It poor rain. I got seven miles. His comment was different than what, what I would probably give. <laughs> Matter of fact, where's my phone? I will read it to y'all. Let me read what my coach told me about making that adjustment. And I love him to death because he's right. But it was funny because he always pushes me like, I, cause that's, the, I'm a coach too. And I need somebody to be able to call those things out for me. And he's also told me days, Hey, if you don't feel it, don't do it. It's not worth it. And he, and I feel better with him because before I got to that point, I wrecked my own brain. Should I not do it? I don't feel like it. Or am I just being lazy or what's going on? Is this pace just too fast? Or you ask yourself a thousand questions. I told him, it was like, yeah, it's raining outside. It's raining all day. It's cold. He said, no such thing as bad weather, only bad gear. <laughs> Dress for it. <laughs> Challenge yourself. That's what makes us tougher. That's what I got this morning. I'm like, okay. But also, in, in likely, like you, he's probably looking at your physical response. And so he can see that your body's probably not fatigued to the point. Like, if both what he was looking at is like heart rate and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. if that was stressing you and your common is stressing you, maybe it might've been different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, and I'm fine. I'm gonna go run out of this. You know what I mean? But it's always just ask, you know, mm-hmm. I ask the questions too. I, can I make decisions for myself? Not all the time. <laughs> I just gotta be honest with you. Not all the, I need someone or lady, everyone, we need somebody to bounce that stuff off of to make it better. So what I would ask you as we go into another training week next week, you, Tell me like what's going through your mind about the last week of training. What do you think you're capable of? What do you think has been bothering you? And we'll go from there. And what I can do is I'll make some adjustments as needed because we have about the same amount of volume next week. But what I can do, if you have any schedule adjustments that need to be made, let me know now. And again, everyone, we always do this on the phone. There's usually like a text message or email or a comment on Training Peaks. They tell me this is what's going on and I adjust. Training Peaks has a great scheduling platform where they tell me I got to go, I got an anniversary, I got a kid's baseball game or I'll be traveling so I can uh, plan for it. Because the key is I don't want to cause stress in your life. I want to help you alleviate the stress. I don't want to be that stressor. 
Yeah, no major issues coming up this week. I see, again, like you said, four miles, a couple of three miles, and then a four mile and a three mile. So about 17 miles this week. Uh, and then the plyometrics on one of the days. This past week, it, really, it was that like I said, that first, you know, plyometrics, new movement, feeling a little bit of muscle soreness related to that new movement, but no major concerns, I think, coming up this week. I do see that you, for the easy pace runs, keeping my heart rate below 140. And even that's something new, right? I'm thinking about pace. I'm thinking about distance. I don't necessarily think about a lower heart rate, which in my mind means I need to run even slower or choose a route that doesn't have as many hills, maybe. So how do I, and maybe this is the question, how do I make sure that I keep my heart rate below 140? This is a good question, because I know a lot of athletes, all my athletes, listen. <laughs> we've had this conversation because I had one, actually, he just texted me, Ryan Anderson is one of my athletes, and he always said, my heart rate just spikes when I go up hill. Yeah, it spikes when you attack it. <laughs> like this, it'll spike if you was on flat ground and sped up. And so most people, don't practice pacing going uphill. I had that issue, right? And I still do sometimes. I had to catch myself because you're trying to get up the hill as fast as possible. And you're driving, right? And you get this momentum and you want to go. But all that does is spike, one, your heart rate, and which makes you use more fuel because you engage more muscle and your heart rate goes up. So you come out of a fat burning zone into something else, right? And so the key is, it's like, don't try to push it. Back off a little bit. Slow it down a little bit. Or your cadence. Don't try to drive up the hill. Just turn them over and be consistent. Like a like if you're on a bike, if you do ride, if you've ever ridden anyone, just the, like when you're pedaling, you just one one, and just as you turn it over, work on that. Feel your body and how much effort you're putting in, and catch yourself and pull yourself back. You'll watch your heart rate kind of fall. The second part of that is when you get excited. Guess what happens? you start thinking about the heel, like automatically your heart rate is going to go up. So remain calm, relax your shoulders, roll your shoulders back, stand up straight, look at the top of the heel and just turn your feet over. Especially when you're doing an easy run, just let it go. And you'll notice that you'll have more control. But when we get riled up or we want to drive up something, the heart rate is going to spike and then we're going to come out of that, that, that easy pace zone. And you want to just, this is what training is all about. We're learning your pacing, teaching you what slow is, right? Relative to you, like his, his slow, he keeps running like nine thirties, but that ain't his slow, right? And so when I looked at his other runs, as I slowed you down, I picked the number that says 140 beats per minute or lower. And I'll look at it because this will be the first week that we do it. And it's only one, we have that 140, it's going to be on Tuesday now. And I'm going to make some adjustments depending on where that goes and see where you are. And that from there, now we're not using as much energy. So when I need to make you go faster or something like that, we're prepared for that. And so I see that you posted on the notes for the podcast, like what you're doing. I'm like, oh, he's just running this. He's just running this. Right now we're trying to get consistent and teach him control, right? Because if we went straight to speed work or other type of things and I didn't teach him what slow was, that means he wouldn't know what fast he is. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there has to be two ends of the spectrum. And so as I teach him what slow is, it's going to benefit him two ways. Well, we're on fast days. He will have the energy to go fast. Right. We're not going to get a whole bunch of fatigue from it. And then at the same time, you're able to be smooth and train in a way as when we get rid of one of these recovery days. 
And when you're training people like, oh, I'm not tired. I, I can still do more. You're not supposed to be tired every day. Your body should adapt at some point. So if you're pushing all the time, your body starts to really break down and start building lactic acid. There's other things that flush it out and other on a cellular level, there's things that are happening chemical wise that are like preventing your muscles from growing. That's the easiest way to put it. If you're always going fast and I didn't teach you to go slow, then you're going to stunt your recovery, hence by killing your performance or fitness growth. And so that's why we do this and learning that piece. So pacing is very important, right? Well, that's the first thing. Pacing is very important. Two, learning what easy is in comparison to what you've been doing. I think three would be every time you run, the terrain is not always going to be the same. So once you understand how to run, then you can be more strategic when picking race courses. I wanted to be as cookie cutter as I could with that. So if y'all hear me kind of slowing down sometimes, I want to say, I'm trying to say things in layman's terms so people are not trying to figure out like, what does he mean? But that, those things are very key. If you've ever listened to the Olympics or any professional running broadcast, you'll hear him, oh, he's a veteran runner. He's a smart runner. He's a calm runner. He's strategic. Those three things I just told you about, that's why. Runners that are not run outside their abilities. They don't understand terrain and strategy. Right. And they don't know the difference between slow and fast. You're absolutely right. Again, going back to my experience as far as the Annapolis half marathon, I was temporary duty in Delaware. There's no hills in Delaware, like literally zero hills in Delaware. And I didn't realize, A, I was in Delaware for a month and a half before the half marathon. It was heat and humidity in Annapolis that I wasn't used to in Colorado. And I hadn't run on hills in probably a month and a half or two months. And so that half marathon was probably my worst half marathon because it was up and down the hills of Annapolis and in the middle of humidity that I hadn't prepared for. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, we'll go into it as, as we're a little bit further out, we can next, next episode, we can talk about picking races. We talk about pacing and things because we have to train, like I got your back, but everybody on here is not going to go hire a coach. That's just with, that's to be 100% honest. But like, how do you pick a venue? How do you train to that venue? As I'm your coach and you sent me to race at you, go, what questions should I be asking you as a coach? What questions your coach should be asking you? You told me it was in Colorado. The first thing I asked you is that what elevation do you live at? Where? <laughs> right. And that was a, a friend of mine. And when I said, I'm going to run my first marathon, it's going to be in Colorado. She said, your first marathon is going to be in altitude, but I'm at altitude. It's yeah. not like I live in Delaware at sea level and I'm coming mm -hmm. to Colorado for my first marathon. But you're exactly right. The other also applies is my first marathon at Delaware after training at altitude, probably very different than my first marathon at altitude. Yeah, it's going to be different. And so that's just learning those small details. And it's a whole bunch. It's like, this is not a hard process, but there's a lot of information to it. And so it's learning along the way. And really, again, when we get to that point, eight weeks out and I'm say, Dwayne, please send me your, your race plan. and you send it to me, I should have minimum corrections, maybe some adjustments because I should have already have taught you everything you need to know. Like when I asked you, like, you shouldn't be asking me what paces should I be running? Like if we ain't trained to that one, like there's a problem on my, right. And you should know what you can hold. You should know what too fast is. You should know what too slow is because when things go bad out there, my friend, he told me, he said, you go out there with plan A, B and C, and you end up with plan like Z. And why? Right? And nine. Said, nah, yeah, like different versions of the plan. So don't go, if it goes perfect, great. But if it doesn't, be prepared to triage it. And that's where all these things that you learn, pacing, effort, strategy, 
in racing will make you better because you have said the races heal your own the back end. You don't want to go out too hard if you haven't trained to that. Yeah, no, I am looking forward to it. It was a good week this week and looking forward to another great week next week. Yeah, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of them ahead. Of, and so what I'm I, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to probably add a couple of miles on Saturday. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to take it to five or six, but I'm just letting you know that's going to happen because there's you gave me positive feedback. Your body's feeling good. I can move you up. Let's do it. There will not always be those points where like the first couple of weeks where you said this was hurting, this was nagging me, this is causing me. That's not the time for me to increase your volume until the body says, OK, I'm used to this. I'm ready. Sounds good. I'm here for it. Easy day, man. It was great talking to you today, and I hope everyone got something from that. And I don't know, like, are they able to contact us or send, like, messages? Or Yeah, we've got your website. They're able to sign up. If you want to talk about the People's Coach newsletter, we've got that in the show notes. Folks can go there and sign up for that and connect with you if they want to. Okay, yeah. So if that's the case, if you see me on social media, anywhere he posts this, uh, if you got questions like that may meet up with it, what he's doing, right? If he is running, it's got to be about running, it's got to be about marathons. When you want me to talk about it, it may not be the next episode, but it may be an issue that he comes across with that we can have on a list of subjects that we can discuss for you all. But it needs to bring value to marathon training and running. Sounds good. We'll make it happen. All right. Easy day, man. It was great talking to you. Absolutely. Week two of 19, just getting started, but moving forward with it. Coach Morgan even referred to it in the episode. Folks listening may be wondering how 17 miles a week at a slow pace will get me to the finish line of the marathon. But again, it's about training smarter, and when it's hard, it's done so strategically. I really appreciated the point that he made about resisting our natural instincts to push hard and wipe ourselves out. We have this notion in our mind, because this is how our generation was raised, is that more is better, harder is right. And it ain't about methodical or slowing down or training with a purpose. It's just like, go faster, go further, do it when you don't want to. That was the old way. Remember, my ultimate goal for this marathon is to complete it comfortably. I'm not going to qualify for the Boston Marathon or the Olympic Trials or set a land speed record. My goal is to accomplish a hard thing, feeling the best that I possibly can, and I'm certain that with Coach Morgan's help, I'm going to get there. Thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Dwayne at VeteranMentalHealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. If you want to see some content that I'm going to be sharing, like what the training week looked like, check out the donation page where I'll be posting updates. If you want to reach out to Coach Morgan to show appreciation for the excellent work that he does or sign up for the People's Coach newsletter, you can find him at morganlatimore.com. All of the links to each of these are in the show notes. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. And just remember, mere mortals can do extraordinary things.